Welcome everybody, Fastlane 2023, here on Tap Out Talk, the results and thoughts. We've got new tag team champions tonight at the result of this event. We've got Carlito Caribbean Cool making his return. Jade Cargill makes her debut, I guess, and Seth Rollins retains his title. But it's a little more than that. How was the show overall tonight? And I gotta say, you know, the WWE Fastlane was about to make me pull over to a rest stop. I'm trying to watch it all night long, but I don't know if I was going to make it, honestly, to the end. I was trying. I really, really, really was trying. It's been a long day. I want to get this review out for everyone, too. But I kept finding myself reverting back to my childhood days of saying, Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Etc. What did you guys think of Fast Lane tonight? Was it enjoyable? Did it measure up to other Fast Lanes? Um, Triple H is going to tell you, oh, it was the top grossing Fast Lane for sponsorships. Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut. Yeah, we get it. But ultimately, you know, did it really entertain you as a fan? Or was it just what I say is kind of an average Monday Night Raw on a Saturday night? Well, guys, I'm Brian, the hype. Ballard, and again, it's been a long time, and I'm happy to be back here doing Tap Out Talk, and let's get in. So the first matchup, we have the Universal Tag Team Championships. What is going on? So we've got the Tag Team Championships on the line with Judgment Day defending against Cody Rhodes in Main Event Russo. Well, here's the kind of thing that really was the key point of the night. Wasn't it the matches really terrible tonight? No, but they didn't really overly grab me and draw me in. Um, I did wanted to watch wrestling. I haven't gotten to really just sit down and enjoy myself in a long time. But, you know, these guys start the match, and you're thinking, what's the story here? What's going on? Cody Rhodes gets main event Jey Uso over to Raw. He gets them to tag team up, and then they take on the Judgment Day. And I want to tell you guys, my main thoughts on this is they did get the tag team championships tonight in a back and forth matchup. I'm not going to break it down as much here tonight for you guys, but I just wanted to give you overall fresh thoughts just as we get out of the show. And Cody Rhodes defeated Finn Balor with the crossroads at the end around the 20 minute 47 second mark. But what we did get is them new tag team champions. And I'm not even like... I get the end game. I get the long picture here, the long story of booking, right? You got to find a way as we get to Survivor Series just around the corner for Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso to find their way to get back to SmackDown and get involved and intermingled in this bloodline thing. You can always say it's brand warfare, but that's not enough right now. So what you also can do is put those tag team championships on main event Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes. And now, as champions, you both can actually go from Raw to SmackDown. From Raw to SmackDown. And defend it on either show. So, I think they're going to have a match with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I think that's what's coming up next. And then I think in that match, they're going to have mutual respect for each other. Which now sets the stage for a team of four people so far and they'll find their way looking at SmackDown and what is the remaining of the bloodline over there and so at the end of this 
Uh, Roman will be back on Monday. Or excuse me, on Friday on SmackDown. And he's, you know, going to look at this and he's going to probably have to entertain this here in a little while. Um, so Tag Team Championships again going on the waist of Cody Rhodes. We've got to find a way to bridge the gap and try to get him to Roman for maybe a WrestleMania showdown for the second year in a row. We've got to find some creative way to write the story. And I'm telling you guys, War Games is coming at Survivor Series. It works too well. It fits too well with the theme. It did well last year. And I feel like that is where this whole Bloodline storyline is really going to culminate and just start spinning off into Mania season. Also, Cody Rhodes mentioned that he was going to be on NXT here, making, you know, some connections there in NXT. What I wonder is a couple different things. The first is, you know, people say, oh, is he wrestling? Is he going down there? No. I believe he is down there to announce the next Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Invitational. And as the Tag Team Champion, it makes more sense to announce the tournament that his father started down in NXT. So guys, that's going to give you the pop for the rating on NXT, on Who Do Call NXT Night. So, ultimately though, that is what I see with Cody Rhodes making his announcement in NXT. He could go down there and help out a few people with some training. You know, he, he gets that itch from the Nightmare Factory that he just wants to scratch, right? But, ultimately, um, that might be a way to welcome Jade Cargill a little bit down there as well, right? Just to, since, you know, he did know her from AEW land. But anyway, this matchup that opened up, it did its job. It was a tag team matchup. It did give the crowd a quick instant change. I didn't think they'd pull the trigger on the tag title change, but they did. And you got new Universal Tag Team Champions here at Fastlane with main event Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes. Let's get to the next one. We've got the six-man tag team match. And one member of um, not Legato, but uh, the one member of uh, LWO, the Latino World Order, uh, was not able to go, which then caused a mystery partner to have to jump in, leaving Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar to just kind of go two on three against, I'm going to call them the Hurt Business. They're not announcing them as the Hurt Business. They're just announcing them as Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, right? Um, they announced them individually. They had them all come out as a unit. They look good as a unit. They look like a fabricated unit. So does the LWO. So I like when tag teams make sense. You know, and you guys that all know me know that. But this was a six-man tag match. Well, it started out mostly a three-on-two handicap match. So at this point, we get the typical action you would see in kind of these fast-paced situations. And you try to get a little NWO vibes going on here with LWO. You see what they're doing there? Yeah, who's the third man? Who's the third man? That's a you know little vibe that they're playing in that psychology in our heads a little bit. LWO, who's the third man? So we find out the third man about three quarters through the match is none other than Carlito Caribbean Cool. Carlito looks good. The last time we seen him, I believe, was at Puerto Rico, right after WrestleMania, and at Backlash. And you know what, Carlito, he's the honorary oose of the LWO. He's the, you know, honorary member along with Bad Bunny. But I feel like he might now be a little bit more of a member. Are we going to see Carlito more on WWE TV? Let me know in the comments down below if you guys know that. But I do believe 
that he is signed and he is going to remain around because the LWO needs a little bit extra seasoning to the sauce. I think Santos Escobar is going to end up being a very nice mid-card champion. I think it's a matter of time before he becomes United States champion. And I think uh, when they make that transition, it will go very well with that match with Rey Mysterio. And it'll be on a big time event. But what we do get right now is Carlito. And he adds not only some other veteran presence, but he adds some muscle. He's, got, he's gotten a lot more built. He's got some legacy status with him, with his father. So what we're looking at is Carlito actually ends up defeating Montez Ford with the backstabber, classic move, at the 10 minute and 4 second mark. But we move on, and then the Hurt Business was kind of... The Hurt Business was... I wish they would go back to be in the Hurt Business with MVP as the manager. I just think there was that extra you know, spice there. But ultimately, this was story was all about the LWO tonight. Getting the win and the pin and getting their guy to come save the day. It was supposed to design to be a little bit of mystery tonight. But <clears throat> I feel like we just stopped along the side of the road with Fastlane. Picked up a hitchhiker with Carlito. How long is he going to ride for? We don't know. But let's keep riding on down this road. Let's talk about the women's championship match. This was a really good match. These girls blended very well. We got the story early in the night with damage control. And we got the story that they didn't. They wanted to help EO Sky, but she didn't want their help. She had her own strategy. You're thinking there's a turn here. You're thinking something's going on. And they keep teasing it. I like that aspect of this story because, I'll be honest, guys, we had these guys breaking up how long ago? Back at SummerSlam? And it just hasn't happened that quickly yet. And that's fine because that is good long storytelling. But what do we see? We see the opposite. We see Bailey continuing to help Eos Shirai or Eos Guy with keeping this title on her and proving that she is her friend and her mentor and she's going to show her how to be a champion. And I tell you what, uh, it ends up with some Bailey interference while uh, distracting the referee on the outside while Asuka was actually tapping out the Charlotte Flair in the figure eight. Io Sky comes off the moonsault off the top rope, hits on Charlotte Flair, and she took the pin for the one, two, and three after the distraction. Around the 17-minute, 22nd mark. But what we did get is... You know, a really good triple threat match with all three ladies that are pretty good, blended, and wrestled and can go. We know Io Sky can wrestle. Nobody's ready for Asuka. And Charlotte Flair definitely always holds her own. But where do we go from here on this one? I've got some ideas. I'm going to give them to you in our final thoughts of where Charlotte Flair goes from here. I think Io Sky continues on with her defense and eventually leads up to damage control someday. I'm going to die on that hill. All right, let's move ahead. Hey, real quick, I want to tell you guys, uh, like, share, subscribe um, on Twitter X at the Brian Adkins. Um, also, you know, check us out at thefansofprowrestling.com with John, Will, Carlos, Heather. Wish you guys all the best. Can't wait to connect up again. Uh, Ted, Hillbilly Hill, I know you're out there. Thank you so much always for supporting me. I am going to connect up with you pretty soon too, buddy, and we're going to work on some partnerships together. But Wrestling Fans Inside Podcast and really just everybody else that supports me out on Twitter X. It's a great community. Come be a part of it. Let's get in. All right, guys. So then we have the tag team 
matchup of the night. This is the feature attraction, right? This is what you put together when you don't have a solid card and you made people buy pay-per-view tickets or PLE tickets for these special events. So what do you do? You get John Cena, you put him at the event, and you say, there, I delivered on giving you entertainment in the highest form with one of the greatest legends. 16-time world champion John Cena. Pat McAfee's out at the beginning of this match as well in Indianapolis. Gotta have him there. But he introduces John Cena. Ryan says that he is a 16-time champion. When he said 16-time champion, you know, my brain always goes to Ric Flair. But you're right. It is John as well. They share that title. We gotta probably promote that a little bit more. Um, we have this matchup. L.A. Knight. This matchup was all about getting L.A. Knight over in the same air as John Cena. And I'll tell you what, John is here to help people get over. He's here in his last you know, year or so at the WWE trying to have these Austin Theory matches and these L.A. Knight you know, partnerships. And I, was, I will say this, guys. He is one of my favorite things, being L.A. Knight going on in the WWE land. The guy's got the it factor, doesn't he? He's got the it factor. It's very Attitude Era-ish. He can wrestle in the ring. He can talk on the mic. And he you know, already got past The Miz, who is the gatekeeper to WWE main event. He got through the door. So now we got the second door to get through. That's John Cena, right? So what we have is them taking on Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso with the bloodline thing still going. Because we got to delay that story until Survivor Series where we can really pick it up when Roman comes back. But regardless, we get this matchup and there's no way that John was missing this matchup or losing this one. And LA Knight defeats Jimmy Uso with the BFT, right? So, 17 minutes, 26 seconds. Decent. Um... So really just that's kind of everything going on with this one. Um, I also want to kind of point out, um, I believe that, you know, this one is just going to go a little bit further and they're going to see how much they can, you know, get out of John there. And then we get to our main event. That is Seth freaking Rollins defending that beautiful big gold world championship against none other than Shinsuke Nakamura. Old shaky Nakamura. But what I do want to say with this one is, it's a last man standing match. They tend to be brutal. They're all over the place. And last man standing match, you know, they go out into the crowd. They go out all over. Um, Seth Rollins ends up picking the win and defending his title here. Barely standing up just before Shinsuke Nakamura does. Does that keep the feud going? Or does that sufficiently end it? Nakamura's been built up really well, longer than we've seen him and for many years. Very believable. Tell him the story of Seth Rollins and the bad back. You know, some people are getting stale on Seth Rollins. They're asking for him to be done, and I can't argue that. I'm not getting drawn in by the goofy outfits and their shock factor. He's peacocking, no pun intended, on their network. But at the end of the day... Yeah, I was kind of drawn a little more to Nakamura as champion, but we're not going to pull the trigger on that one. We can't. We got to build up this world championship even more, and I feel like that is the thing keeping Seth in the title. 
But the question is, who, who is going to be the one that takes down Seth Rollins eventually? Also, does this match deserve another third match? Maybe you can make an argument for that. I would say maybe a triple threat is in order, and maybe we get a Damian Priest cashing in. We hinted at that tonight. He almost wanted to tonight. Rhea Ripley wouldn't let him. But do we get Damian Priest as the next final opponent here for Seth Rollins? Maybe it's a little tandem of Nakamura and him. Maybe we can mix up some stuff there. But ultimately, I feel like maybe we get a match of Crown Jewel with Nakamura. Maybe we get a triple threat with Damian Priest. Um, and Seth comes out on top of that. And then he gets into WrestleMania season. And my question is, I want to address that in the final thoughts as well. On who's Seth Rollins' WrestleMania opponent could be. But I do think there's a Damian Priest feud on the way. And I think we're getting Fastlane is going to be starting the drive to WrestleMania. So let me do this. Let me give you guys my final thoughts on the show tonight. I wanted this to be kind of quick. But uh, Tag Team Championships. We talked about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But Jey Uso is always the little split in their friendship. So I want you guys to kind of think about that and say, are we leading to a Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn feud down the road? Makes sense to me. One year later, you're fighting at Mania when you just main evented. Sounds very mega powers exploding. If you think about it, a tag team that stood the test of time and then a year later broke up. Also, I want to kind of point this out with the John Cena matchup and stuff. Is AJ Styles now just another guy? That's a shame. He's a bona fide star around the world and a WWE champion and certainly a future Hall of Famer. But AJ Styles has not been relevant for, what, almost a year or two now? He was supposed to be in this matchup. He got thrown out and tossed to the shade for the likes of LA Knight. I'm not complaining about that, but we need something meaningful for AJ Styles. I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know. I almost think the Good Brothers coming back was a detraction for him more than it was helping him. He was better off with Amos. So then, I want to talk about Charlotte Flair and where this might go. I almost would like to see Jade Cargill, if she has to come into the main roster, go right up against Charlotte Flair right away. You know, they're treating her like a big star. They're treating her like everybody should already know who she is. I don't disagree with that. I think AEW did all the prep work for Jade Cargill to go to the WWE. That's AEW's loss, and that is WWE's gain. She's going to be a good talent for them in the main event, and she now has enough experience under her belt before jumping ship, and that does kind of hurt AEW a little, but they'll move on. But Jade will do good from getting trained in the WWE-branded way, and she's got the look that they like. Pairing her up next to Charlotte Flair, that's WrestleMania season right there. So I do see that being a nice mirror image they both are tall, got a tall frame, good muscle structure. So I do see that as a nice matchup, and I see this Goldberg, you know, status of the streak that she had down in AEW coming in to meet Charlotte Flair. I just see that as two worlds colliding. It's hard when the WWE, you know, can't give you that. 
and it's nice when they can. Um, also, I want to talk about Seth Rollins' next opponent, WrestleMania season. We got to get him to sit the WrestleMania season. I do believe Gunther has to be that guy. He has to be the guy for Seth Rollins, and I feel Gunther will take that title off of Seth Rollins eventually. Maybe he'll still be holding the Intercontinental title while it happens, and that very well could play. Very ultimate warrior Hulk Hogan-ish. But ultimately, Gunther does need probably to be the guy that wins the Rumble and moves on and beats Seth Rollins. And then finally, uh, we did talk about Damian Priest. He is going to be the speed bump in the road to WrestleMania for Seth Rollins um, as he makes his way towards his final title defense. Well, guys, those are all my final thoughts and results. Again, thanks for spending some of your Saturday night or whenever you're listening to this with me. And um, I just want to say, again, thanks for watching. It's great to be back. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. And it's not goodbye around here. It's game over.